ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you that some of you already know that it's hard. It's not easy. How's it going, everybody? I'm your host, Dylan Trevino, and you're listening to another episode of the Hoopview Podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to go check out my previous episodes, and for new episodes, make sure to tune in every Sunday. For this episode, I'm going to be covering two different topics. I kind of got something for everyone today. The first topic I'm going to be covering is the top 10 dynamic duos of all time. That's more for the older crowd because there's definitely going to be some legends on that list. But for the younger generation, the topic that I'm going to be covering today is forgotten high school stars. I'm going to be going over some of the players that were huge in high school but haven't been heard of in a long time. So without wasting any more of your time, let's get into the top 10 dynamic duos of all time. The way I rank these duos are totally in my opinion, and I base them off how many championships they have together, the excitement level that they had, and how well the two players played together. Coming in at number 10, I have Carl Malone and John Stockton. They have no rings together, and the excitement level I have for them on a scale of 1 to 10, I have them at an 8. Malone and Stockton were probably one of the most iconic duos on this list. Although they never won a championship, they were very successful, and the state of Utah was always ready to cheer them on every game. The level of Stockton's playmaking and passing ability meshed with Malone's scoring ability on a whole nother level. They had a very good team, but they just couldn't win a championship due to the competition during their time. And those are some of the reasons that I have them coming in at number 10. At number 9, I have the duo of Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. Together they have no rings, and the excitement level I have for them is a 9. The duo of Steve Nash and Stoudemire was amazing to watch. The playmaking and passing ability of Steve Nash went hand-in-hand hand with the dunks Amari Stoudemire would throw down. Just when you thought Steve Nash was going for a layup, you'd end up getting dunked on by Amari Stoudemire. They only played five seasons together, but they were both in their primes when they played together, so I really don't know why they didn't win a championship. Especially because during this time, Steve Nash had won two league MVPs. In the eighth spot, I have Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Together they don't have any rings, but their excitement level I have for them is a 9. Westbrook and Durant were an amazing duo to watch in the late 2000s and early 2010s. Together they created a huge offensive threat with the powerful slashing play of Russell Westbrook and the ability of Kevin Durant to score anywhere on the court. I believe that together they could have done something great in Oklahoma City, but in 2016 Kevin Durant decided to leave OKC and sign with the Golden State Warriors. Coming in in the 7th spot, I have Gary Payton and Sean Camp. Together they didn't have any rings, but for the excitement level for them, I have a 10. Although they never won a championship together, that shouldn't take away from the great show Peyton and Camp would put on every night in Seattle. When you pair the lockdown defensive ability from Gary Peyton and the ferocious dunks that Sean Camp would display, you got a duo that would entertain NBA watchers like no other. They never did win an NBA Finals, but they were definitely successful as a pair. Some of these older players I didn't get to watch live, but Peyton and Camp are definitely a duo that I wish I could have seen. At number 6, I have Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. Together they have 3 rings and for an excitement level for them, I have an 8. Bird and McHale without a doubt are the coldest white man duo of all time. But I will not take anything away from them as players, these guys both played at elite levels back in their day. Together I believe they were successful in a different way than usual. Everybody knows that Larry Bird is one of the greatest players to ever do it. He used a 3 point shot to take his game to another level but could also drive and pass with ease. While Bird was the number one option for the Celtics, McHale was a star six-man coming off the bench. Even though he didn't start, McHale was a big part of the Celtics' success. He was coming off the bench, averaging 18 points and 8 rebounds a game behind Larry Bird. I know this next one might trigger some of my older listeners, but just hear me out. At number 5, I have Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. Together they have three rings, and for the excitement level for them, I have a 9. 
The young duo of Steph and Clay showed glimpses of a bright future early on as teammates. Their future did end up being successful when the Splash Brothers led the Warriors to three NBA championships. Together, Steph and Clay revolutionized the game of basketball by using their elite level of three-point shooting to give them an edge against their opponents. They have shaped a whole new type of game being played, which has caused not just guards, but also post players to take their three-point shooting ability to a whole nother level. And those are the reasons that I have them coming in at number five. In the fourth spot, I have LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. They have two rings together, and the excitement level I have for them is a 10. It didn't take anyone much time to notice how entertaining LeBron and Wade were. As soon as they paired together in Miami, they once again turned the NBA into must-see TV. The NBA ratings skyrocketed the year they joined forces because nobody wanted to miss the high-flying dunks and alley-oops Wade and LeBron would set up for each other. I really do think they could have won more championships, but in 2014, LeBron decided to leave Miami and return back to Cleveland. And finally, we're in the top three. In the number three spot, I had Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. They have three rings together, and for the excitement level for them, I have a nine. Everybody knows about the physical, aggressive, and competitive presence Kobe and Shaq brought to the Lakers. They had other teammates to help defend, which led them to being so dominant on the offensive side of the court. They were so dominant that in their 2001 title run, they lost only one game in the playoffs. I do think they could have won more championships, but everybody knows about the beef Shaq and Kobe had. In the number two spot, I have Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They have five rings together, and for the excitement level, I have them at a 10. Magic and Kareem went hand in hand together. Magic was a 6'9 point guard, and Kareem was 7'2" making them one of the tallest and lengthiest teammates to ever play together. Also, the playmaking ability of Johnson paired well with the post-proficiency of Kareem, which led to them winning multiple championships. And finally, in the number one spot, the most iconic and dominant duo in NBA history, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Together, they have won six NBA championships, and for their excitement level, I have them at a 10. Not only did Jordan and Pippen kill their opponents offensively, they would also drain the energy of their opponents because they were both elite defenders. While Jordan averaged 32 points per game and Pippen averaged 17, they both averaged around 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. With both of them putting up numbers like that, going against the Bulls was way more than just difficult. With that being said, that is my list of the top 10 dynamic duos of all time. Remember that this is my list and totally in my opinion. I know some of my older listeners would have had other duos in their top 10, and I know some of my younger listeners would have had different duos as well, so make sure to send me your own top 10 duos of all time list. The next topic I'm going to be covering are some forgotten high school stars. I'm going to be talking about some players that we used to see all over social media, but have just seemed to die out as they got out of high school. The first player I'm going to be talking about today is Julian Newman. At a very young age, Julian Newman was known as a basketball prodigy. As a fifth grader, he was already the starting point guard for his high school varsity basketball team. He even had appearances on shows like the Conan O'Brien Show and the Steve Harvey Show when he was only 11 years old. When Julian first got to high school, he played for Downey Christian High School. The YouTube channel Ball is Life followed his high school career and made sure to film as many of his games as possible. He was decent in high school, but unfortunately, his lack in height and his bad attitude led to his downfall towards the end of his high school career. His senior year, Newman and his father decided to open up their own basketball academy known as Prodigy Prep. During Julian's senior year at Prodigy Prep, his team went 6-13 and on the season. When he was younger, everybody probably thought that he was going to the NBA, but as of right now, to my best knowledge, he only has one college offer and it's from a small D1 school, which is the University of Texas at San Antonio. Before I get into the next player, I live in Kingsville and went to the local university here for my freshman year, but next semester I'm transferring to the only school that Julian Newman has an offer from. So if he ends up going there, you better believe I'm going to do everything I can to get an interview with him. 
Okay, now back to the topic. The next player I'm going to go over is Isaiah Washington. If you don't know who Isaiah Washington is, he played for St. Raymond High School in the Bronx, New York, but he is better known as the creator of the Jelly Fam movement. When he started popping up all over YouTube with this crazy layup package and handles, it seemed like he had a promising future ahead of him. He averaged 22 points per game in high school and was picked to play in the Ballers Life All-American game. Out of the seven original Jelly Fam founders, he was one of the three to commit to a Division I program. After committing to the University of Minnesota, he played there for two years but only averaged around eight points per game. After two seasons at Minnesota, he decided to transfer to Iona University for his junior season. He is performing better at Iona but is still not playing at the level everybody thought he would play at. And he recently just announced that he will be transferring again for his senior season. I feel bad for Isaiah because I really do think that the reason he hasn't lived up to the hype is because people on social media hyped him up too much. He was a good player, but I feel he got too much attention because of how flashy of a player he was, and that really led to his downfall. The next player I'm going to be talking about is Leangelo Ball. We all know Leangelo Ball as one of the three famous Ball brothers, but I'm sure most people knew that Leangelo was the least talked about between the three brothers. Regardless, he was an elite high school player at Chino Hills High School. He averaged 33 points a game and had multiple 50-point games in high school. His talented career led him to committing to UCLA after he graduated. But while at UCLA, he was on a team trip where he got caught stealing and was suspended from the university. After being suspended, he decided to play overseas in Lithuania. He played well overseas and even had a 72-point game with his Lithuanian team. After one season overseas, he decided to declare for the 2018 NBA draft and attended some team workouts but did not end up getting drafted. He stayed quiet for about a year but recently announced in March he had signed with the OKC G League team and that's the last thing I've heard about Leangelo. I do feel like Leangelo is a talented player but I think that all the stuff between him and UCLA and him being outshined by his brothers are the reasons that he hasn't had such a bright path. And finally the last player I'm going to be covering today is Mac McClung. Coming out of nowhere his senior year, Mac McClung became a YouTube sensation when videos started popping up of his crazy high-flying dunks. Even though he barely started to gain a big following his senior year, he did live up to the hype, well at least for high school. During his senior year, he led Gates City High School to their first state championship in school history and finished his career with 2,801 points, breaking the Virginia High basketball scoring record, which was previously held by NBA Hall of Famer Allen Iverson. After his last season, he was selected to play in the 2018 Iverson Classic game and the Ballers Life All-American game. After graduating, McClung decided to attend Georgetown University to continue his basketball career. During his freshman season, he averaged 13 points per game and improved his sophomore season by averaging 15 points per game. Although his stats weren't bad, he still wasn't playing at the level most people thought he would. This past month, McClung announced he would be transferring from Georgetown and would play at another university next season. And as of May 20th, some schools he's considering transferring to are Texas Tech, Auburn, Wake Forest, USC, Arkansas, and Memphis University. It's still a little too early to tell whether or not McClung's future is bright. He didn't do bad his first two seasons at Georgetown, but we'll just have to see how he does at the next university he attends. Before I end this episode, I would like to give you a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Fred Salinas with the Badger Bulletin. Make sure to check out the Badger Bulletin to stay informed about everything that is happening in the Badger community. I know it's hard right now to stay positive through these tough times, but that doesn't mean that we should stop interacting with our Badger family. Make sure to flood the Badger Bulletin with all your favorite memories from the Bishop School District. And with that being said, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much to everyone that is continuing to support me by listening to my podcast every Sunday. And also a big shout out to all the people that are out there repping the Hoop View podcast shirts.
Please don't think that your support doesn't go unnoticed. I really appreciate everything y'all are doing and I'm really planning some big things for my audience in the future. If you want to make sure that you're getting all the info about the podcast, make sure to go follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WhoViewPodcast. And use those platforms to DM me. I really do like it when y'all give me feedback because it really does allow me to grow and get better at this. Also go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share the link to my podcast with all your friends. With the topic today about forgotten high school players, make sure to stay focused on your craft and don't listen to the media. And with that being said, I leave you with a quote that says, Don't let others decide who you are, by the one and only Dennis Rodman. Until next time. Well, the next thing, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you, that some of you already know, that it's hard. It's not easy.